Welcome to the Unsupervised Mom Podcast, a weekly conversation about the grins and grime of single motherhood while learning to navigate it God's way. I'm your host, Javon Brown, Christian leader, educator, business owner, and most importantly, mom. I'm not a single mom expert. I'm an expert at being the type of mom God has called me to be. And so are you. I know that God wants us to excel in everything we do. And this includes parenting, even while going at it seemingly unsupervised. For more insights and inspiration, follow the unsupervised mom on Instagram and take this journey with me. While I hope you love listening to and learning from the podcast, it is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a Christian pastor, counselor, or physician. I previously shared that I was pretty athletic in high school. I played basketball and track on my high school teams during the semester when our season was in, of course. And I also danced year round, mainly jazz and ballet. There was not a time when I was not committed to some type of physical activity or felt the impact of my athleticism on my body when I was either tired or really just needing a break. Whenever I was challenged to do a thing, especially during rigorous basketball uh, practice or track practices, or even after the practices that my father had set up in our driveway after practices with my coach, I recall my father always saying it's mind over matter. I mean, I got the whole idea of having to push past our human limits, you know, quote unquote, when I was almost at the finish line and sometimes literally, but I could never understand what that had anything to do with the way I was thinking about what I was doing. I knew the sports pretty well, and I often had to make decisions for my team during practice, during a game, or a meet, as I was a point guard and a sprinter. But I didn't consciously consider that I was approaching either of those roles with a specific mindset beyond, you can do it, Javon, you are ready for this, you practice for this moment. You've rehearsed this time and time again. Once I got enough hedgeway, I was ready to knock the scoreboard and my recorded time out of the box, but it's because I felt the wind coming on. But what happens when we don't see or feel the wind coming? In single mommyhood, the winds feel scarce at times. The victories feel as far as the east is from the west because we are possibly approaching every part of the journey seemingly on our own, or at least without a full stream of consciousness around how we are approaching what we've been gifted to journey. Truth is, single mommyhood comes at the cost of a few things, time, attention, pre-single mom priorities, the pre-single mom body. I know that that personally gets me the most. It affects our commitments and our finances to share a few. But another addition is mindset. It costs to not only have to think for another human and engage others on behalf of another human day in and day out, but to literally unlearn some aspects of our thinking that do not work in single motherhood. Our mindset approach this daily crossroad of, would this be best for us? What else do I need to give up in order to make this happen? How am I showing up for them? When was the last time I gave to myself? And in hindsight, what does God need of me while I carry motherhood? The mind is governed by a series of internal, external factors, experiences, so on and so forth, blah, blah, habits, behaviors, 
But if we aren't careful, mamas, we have the capacity to allow our minds to surrender to the wrong jurisdiction. And this is why the concept of mind over matter suddenly light bulbs for me. Although used in various spiritual doctrines to describe a discourse, a course of action for the believer, and that's us, who also happens to be a single mom, our spiritual jurisdiction is Christ. And when we surrender our minds to an alternate jurisdiction, we become subject to what does not have any power over the matter we encounter daily. Matter is generally a tangible substance that occupies space and carries with it some type of significance, such as mass or energy. I was a biology major in college before transitioning as an English major. And when studying the components of anything that took up space, our professors always asked the question of what we observed about a substance itself. What caused it to take up space? Why did it take up space? What does it say about its molecular structure? Is the structure a solid, liquid, or a gas? So all of these questions are so critical to scientific navigation, but we forget that in the daily grin and grind that is single mommyhood, these questions really do apply. Our toothbrushes take up matter, or our toothbrushes are matter, our selfie lights, our plants, and vehicles are all forms of matter, but also friends, family members, jobs, are all other forms of matter. And we have to keep in mind that matter is not just about what takes up space, but what it also has to do with a particular situation or consideration. So the relationships we have with God, what does that look like? The way we show up at work, the integrity we uphold or flounder, the conversation we just had last night, it literally all matters. So how we process these questions and affairs all impact our thinking input and output. So we should definitely find ourselves asking questions that develop a healthier mind over matter. What is taking up space in my life that is not promoting me to think or be more like Christ? What is the matter in my life that guides my self-perception or worldview? What does the matter in my life define for me as a mother, daughter, servant, professional, thinker, advocate, or just all around human? What was my environment like as a child? This is a big one. What was my environment like as a child that is keeping me from showing up better for my own child or children? Have I done the real work in myself to improve my financial condition? Who have I projected blame towards because I'm afraid to look at my own condition? And am I handling life's matter in a way God designed me to? Have I applied his word to the matter? So I've become more curious about this train of thought. I mean, I am geeking out over it because I do like to see the intricacies of how a thing ticks and talks, but I also like to see it so I can figure out what adjustments I need to personally make, the things that I need to personally seek God to make in me. It's not enough to just ask God to fix our thinking and ways of approaching single mommyhood if we aren't also doing the work to be better in specific ways. Sometimes it really does mean taking time to seek God for a thing that will shift the entire trajectory of everything else in our lives. And it wouldn't be a deep dive if we didn't see how this shows up in the word either, right? So King Solomon is actually one of my favorite Christian ancestors. His father... King David declared that Solomon was going to be the next king 
and he would sit on the throne just as he vowed. Solomon was given permission to ride on David's mule to travel down to a spring where he was to be anointed as the next king. The Gihon Spring was actually one of the four rivers that issued out of the Garden of Eden. Just imagine being assigned to travel with permission to a place you will be used to replicate the original intentions of God. I think there's so much power in that. But it was also spoken over Solomon's life that God would be with Solomon and make Solomon's reign even greater than his father's. God was with Solomon and the people celebrated his new assignment so much so that the sound of their joy shook the ground. Again, the news spread and it was declared that Solomon's fame was to be greater than King David's. One fearing individual named Adonijah was afraid of Solomon because he knew his own history with his father and he knew Solomon's capacity. Yet Solomon did not respond with a lack of wisdom regarding Adonijah. He named that as long as Adonijah were to remain loyal, he wouldn't touch a hair on his head. So King David gets Solomon some instructions that were also wrapped in the instructions that God had gave him. He first told Solomon, observe the requirements of God. Then he told him, follow his ways, commands, and regulations. He also said, commit wholeheartedly his heart and his soul, and he will see God keep his promise towards the Davidic line. It was Solomon's responsibility to follow through in that type of wisdom and that type of mindset in order to continue securing the promises of God, not only for his life, but for the legacy that would come from him. So in this, we see that Solomon is set up with the instructions. He's set up for success. And it's written that God even spoke to King David saying that if his descendants were to live as they should and follow him faithfully, then they will always sit on the throne of Israel. So there was no way that a victory couldn't come out of this next succession. And King David also gave Solomon instructions for who to remember. So mama, sometimes our life matter or the matters that our minds should be over is not just in the instructions that we're given and have to follow, but it's also in us being very clear about what and who we are connected to. So King David wanted him to think about those individuals' reputations, their tendencies, and their acts towards him. He wanted his son to look at all of what was developed over time, the history, because that determined how Solomon would continue to govern himself and those relationships, because he was asked to use wisdom in his dealings with them at all times. So we later learn that Solomon does not only ask God for wisdom in the affairs or matters of his people, but Solomon actually used it. His mind was set on God's choice wisdom, and it allowed him to handle his own matters with Adonijah, his personal matters, his business matters, his professional matters and interactions with other individuals, and his relational matters. And ultimately, because of his role as king, the matters of the people with the type of integrity that is reputable today. So the visual, all of this is so powerful to think that God has assigned a promise to follow us if we not only prioritize his law in our heart, but ensure our thinking aligns to his word. 
It is in fact true that a mind in Christ over matter is a mind that is governed by godly instruction and is not easily wavering or swayed by how the world is approaching life or how other moms are approaching mommyhood, whether they are single or not. And it is a mind that seeks God for how to think and act, a mind that is interested in handling matters in a way that God would. It is a mind that operates with the intention to go at single mommyhood with Christ at the center, at the sides, the back and the front. It is a mind that can rest knowing that it is always 10 steps ahead of the matter that single mommyhood brings about. I encourage you mamas to know that you can in fact face any challenge, any good thing or any God thing with your mind preset on being able to handle it all. God will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast, that is committed and focused on him in both inclination and character because you trust, because we trust and take refuge in God with hope and confident expectation. That's it for this week, but that's not all. If you have some ideas about what you'd like to see featured on the podcast, let me know. I have some sweet plans, but your input is welcome. Feel free to send an email to hello at theunsupervisedmom.com. Don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at theunsupervisedmom, where this important conversation is in full color. The official hashtag for the podcast is hashtag unsupervisedmomlife. I'm your host, Javon Brown, and I'd love for you to subscribe and tell your single mom friends to do the same. Go on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify to download the show and catch the weekly episodes. I'm looking forward to our next conversation. And remember, mama, you are she, seen, heard, and enough. I love you. And most importantly, Jesus loves you. Later, y'all.